1: All right, that's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the city of angels in Los Angeles, and I forgot where my co-host is from. I think San Diego, right?
0: Also of Los Angeles, San Diego, bordering right. <laughs> with Orange County. So the West right Coast below. is
1: well represented here. Um, welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land. I'm Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at CaregiverDave.com, along with my lovely co-host Penta. Coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 25 global audio and video platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook Live, SoundCloud, BlogTalk Radio and 20 more platforms all around the world. We're so proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com as well as number three podcast out of thousands on caregiver podca- of Caregiver Podcasts on Feedspot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Panta?
0: We sure do, and I'm so glad to be here to welcome, yes. Gail.
1: Thank you. Yes. Welcome to you, two. So it's Gail Hamilton, uh, Living Blind, How to Mature, Guide, and Empower Your Clientele. Gail is blind. She's a nationally recognized motivational, inspirational speaker and accomplished author who happens to be totally blind. Many people allow their fears, negativities, and self-blinding beliefs to stop them from experiencing life to the fullest. And this is not the case with Gail. She motivates, educates, exhilarates her audiences unlike any other speaker and to open their eyes and refocus their vision in order to live unstoppable, unforgettable, and unbelievable lives. And it was a challenge for her to connect on this uh, website, and anyone else would have given up, eyes or no eyes, but she persevered. And But before I go forward, I want to take this moment to thank my last week's guest, Robert Eli Kershaw Jr., Bob became a caregiver of sorts at the age of 10 when he met a young boy at the same age who had Down syndrome, and his story is also on all of those platforms I just mentioned and caregiverdave.com. And just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews, including this one on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, as well as all the other platforms. All right, enough of that. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Gail.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm okay.
1: excited. Okay, so, Gail, i like to ask my guests, why don't you take a minute or to introduce yourself? i like to say just who is Gail Hamilton and why are you put on this earth? <laughs> well, yeah, who is she? The, the
2: jury's still out on that one, I think. Uh, I think I'm put on this earth to inspire people, but because I spent so much of my life being a victim and I really want to assist people in, you know, 50 years out of whatever I have left on the planet is way too long to be a victim. And Absolutely. so, you know, if I could have learned by that my mental attitude was the key, it wasn't my blindness that was stopping me. It was my brain. And if I could have learned that what I was thinking and what I – that was – that was the reason. Then, of course, it was great learning experience, and that's who I am today. But it would have been great to have learned that twenty five years before that, and mm-hmm. saved a lot of grief. So, if I could save somebody else from spending one more second longer than they have to being a victim of their circumstances, then then my job here is done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Bible says. Uh, Uh, people who have not vision uh, perish and there are so many people who who have sight but no vision Mm -hmm. and here you have no sight and you have vision and what a great message to everybody sight people and um people cannot see and i know there's probably a term that i don't know what it is what is the term you know i just learned
2: over the weekend it's blind people (laughs) I've been through my whole book. I wrote
1: people people
2: who are blind and/or visually impaired. All the way through my book, I wrote that people who are blind and/or visually impaired. That's eight words, but it really is blind people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are so funny.
2: (laughs) I know. Um,
1: So let's start with the most obvious question, Um, and I'm sure uh, my guest host has the same question: How did you become blind?
2: Came blind um, 1953 I was two and a half months premature I weighed two pounds And they put me and my Yeah, they put me and my twin brother uh, In separate incubators And because we were Two and a half months premature They gave us 100% pure Oxygen for Mm -hmm. 24-7 For six weeks So the The fact that it was 100% and the fact that it was for that long without stopping is what affected my eyes. My brothers weren't, and I had partial sight uh, until I was 11, and then I went totally blind with cataracts.
1: And Um, your twin brother, I'm sorry?
2: Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. A little bit. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow! So did they
1: did they not know that that's not good? I mean, yeah, ooh. no,
2: ninety percent of the people who are blind that are my age are blind from that fact between 1950 and 1954.
1: It was a common practice.
2: Yeah, they still do it nowadays, but now they they know not to do it for twenty four seven, and they know to tell the parents here's what we're going to do, this will save your baby's life, and here could be the consequences. Back then, interesting fact, if they would have kept me in the incubator longer, I would have been not only blind but deaf, and if they kept on going, I would have been blind, deaf, and development delayed. So I'm kind of glad they stopped at blind.
1: I always Cause. thought oxygen was a good thing, but it just goes to show you that uh, you can have too much of a good thing, right? That's
2: right, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, what they say?
0: Too much of anything is not...
1: Yeah, moderation. Ice cream, steak.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nuts, yeah.
1: <laughs> so how did your friends and your family and your teachers and society react to your disability? Because a lot of people... Um, Kind of like me, you know, we just don't know how to act with a disabled person, whether they're blind, whether they're speech impaired. Of course, I've gotten really good at that one. (laughs) And and any other disability, you know. Um, People are just not disability savvy, are they? They they should be be teaching us this in grade school or something.
2: Absolutely. That's a great idea. Disability class 101. I like that idea Sesame Um,
1: Street, I think, was trying to do something like that You know, they would bring disabled people on And and we need more of that
2: Yeah, that's a good idea Why not? We need more compassion
1: Yeah, you know Always that word, compassion Compassion, yeah (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, because we all have differences It's just nobody's, like, ever the same as anybody else You know, so yeah, the and I think they they think we have leprosy or they don't know what mm-hmm. to do. They don't talk to us, you know, and it's kind of funny because they think I don't know they're there, and it's like, hmm. I hear them. I know they're there, you know, and um, I have a thing in the back of my book that says pearls of wisdom, and, and I have like a list of 11 things your friends and family can do to assist you. It's like, invite me to a movie because I still watch movies or see TV, I just do it with my ears, but people think it, I think our society is so visual oriented, that they just don't know what to do with somebody who can't connect with them through sight, and it's it's too bad, because they're missing a whole bunch, that I can do anything they can do, and, and probably better, blind people, there's 60% unemployment in the blind community, and it's not because we're Stupid or anything I have two Master's degrees You know But I've never Been hired Per se So it's It's crazy It's It's not my Blindness It's stopping me You know I heard yeah. the other Day from 60 Minutes there is a Blind Architect That designs Buildings You know It's like Who would have Thought you could Do that Yeah, yeah.
1: So It reminds me Of that song Anything you can I know do, I was just I Thinking about Better, better? <laughs> I can
2: do Anything
1: Yep Better than you
2: You you
1: have a (laughs) stronger
0: Visualization Ability Than most of us Yeah
2: Yeah, I think We
0: have a lot of visual distractions Mm -hmm. Say All the time and we barely Take time to close our eyes Other than when we're ready to sleep And so You have A stronger visualization I would think and I also think it's not that people don't consider that you can see. I think a lot of it comes from lack of knowledge and you know, just ignorance of not knowing what goes on in your life. Mm-hmm. But I definitely right. think right. people could use more education. And I also am a fan of calling it you you live a different life I wouldn't call it a disability Right Because I also know that people who are weaker in one sense Have amplified senses otherwise Because right. the compensatory system in your body Just makes your hearing, for example A lot right. sharper right. and stronger than my hearing is Because that's the miracle of your body does It compensates so I wouldn't call it a disability. It's a different
2: it's a difference. way Is that what of said? life. Yeah, we
0: could all. Yeah, and we could all use more education and, uh, mm. like you, yeah. to inspire us. So thank you for stepping out of your victim mode and, you know, being mm. a victor and inspiring others.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you officially don't have a disability anymore. Okay, great. Yay. It, okay? okay, good. So let's talk about the do's and don'ts because that's really interesting Because you sent me like this uh, this really cool list uh, Do, do talk normally, don't, don't yell, they're not deaf <laughs> <laughs> uh, The next one, let them take your arm Don't grab them or push them forward These Oh, people do that reason. all the
2: time, all the talk, time
1: Talk about the rest of them, you probably know them oh. by heart
2: Oh, I don't, but
1: yeah. Um, I right, talk to them directly.
2: Yes, don't say what does she want. That, to, right? Yeah, okay. don't don't say what does she want for dinner, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. People <laughs> do that 30%. all the time too. Yeah.
1: So I'll do the dos, you do the don'ts. Okay. Keep your, keep your language the same as before. Using words like see and watch are okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go. Oh yeah. Don't. Did you listen to the movie? Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: how many times we were trying to get you on the thing, and I was telling the guy, "Oh, do you see that yet?" <laughs> you know, and I'm saying, oh, "Maybe I shouldn't have said that." I don't. Know. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I know, didn't see it. <laughs> but you are a visual person because visual. I am a visual person. person. Say, say, yeah. Uh, you see that uh, audio audio person say, "Oh yeah, uh, I hear you." And aesthetic yeah. people say, "Oh, I'm feeling you." You know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Can't speak. She's non-verbal. So, uh, mm-hmm. like you said, Vahidi. She uh, has um, Different (laughs) Yeah, different She lives
0: life differently
1: I like that They say that communication is uh, 85% Non-verbal and she has Mastered those non-verbal skills You know, tonality Mm -hmm. and gestures And touching and expressions And this and that We take uh, take for granted Uh, Mm -hmm. Leave objects and lights as you found them In their home
2: Oh, yeah, people do that all the time. They'll put a glass on the piano, and it's like, oh, I'm so glad I knocked that off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and pulling chairs out from tables, we should leave them there, right? Yeah, or leave the cabinet
2: doors (laughs) open. Yeah, special. Or leave the lights on, and I don't know about until two or three days later when somebody else comes in and goes, your light's on, did you know that? It's like,
1: (laughs) Hmm. ah. I figure it makes
2: up for the times when I forget to turn them off. things we don't don't think about.
1: You don't see light, huh? You don't see like if I close my eyes and the lights on, I can still see something going on there through the eyelids.
2: Yeah, no. Well, I have prosthetics now, so yeah, I ain't ain't seen nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So walk slightly behind the right shoulder, Uh, walking with someone using a seeing eye dog.
2: Yep, yep. People want to guide the dog to guide me. Mm. They don't trust that the dog is (laughs) going to do the dog's job.
1: Dog doesn't need any help. No, uh,
2: dog doesn't. And neither will I. Even if I had a cane, I don't need any help. Leave me alone. <laughs> Only if true. I'm going to fall down a flight of stairs and you can bother me.
1: Tell there's me There's a whole it. bunch more, and we yeah. were, but you get the idea. So uh, just be normal around be them. Be normal, yeah. And that's what my wife likes, too. She doesn't want people, cause a lot of people don't um, know how to react to someone who can't speak. They'll ask question after question after question. Mm hmm. And, uh, you know, my wife will answer them through her Pictionary and charades It's an effort Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's an effort uh, worth getting to know my wife by doing that And the people who have done it are very happy and pleased to do that And I'm sure getting to know you, like I didn't know you had a master's degree Wow Two of them Smart Oh, two, (laughs) yes Two
2: Yeah, no, 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 Had to do two
1: Yeah. So, what was the aha moment when you realized that you were blind and all of the implications that come with that?
2: Uh, that yeah. So, when I was 11, I um, had partial sight. Still, we went to the World's Fair, and I can remember seeing there was, um, I think it was called a, I want to say, honest sphere, but I don't think that's right. Some kind of sphere, and. Um, it has a big globe and it had fountains underneath it. And I remember seeing that. And, and later that summer I rode my bike and um, I crashed and burned uh, going into the west sun on a driveway embankment. And I must have known something was up then because I walked my bike home and I said, oh, never going to do that again by myself anyway. And so, and I started running into things. And I started falling over stuff and, Into walls and all that, and I couldn't. Slowly, yeah, because it was cataracts, but nobody knew that. My Mm. parents were in total denial back to that, and so I couldn't figure. And the interesting thing: my inner vision, my imagination, whatever you want to call it, kind of took over at the same time as my outer vision went away. So in my head, which is still true to this day, I visualize my world, and I'll run into a wall, and I'll go. Still blind, like it shocks me because I'm visualizing my mm. environment all the time, and I forget. I mean, I have a talking computer and braille computers, and braille all of my microwave and everywhere else, and uh, tags in my clothes, and uh, you know, I, I'm I have a cane now, but I'm waiting for my sixth dog. I'm obviously blind, but I forget it. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, for <laughs> yeah, you. Oh, a <laughs> it's minute. so wow. that's your world because it's it was my world, and I visualize everything, and I'm a visual learner, and so all this stuff is happening to me on the exterior, and my parents weren't talking about it because they were in denial, and so one day I went to school, and I went, am I blind or am I not? I got to find out. I don't know what's going on. Blah. And so I took a piece of paper that had raised lines, and I wrote my name on it in print, in cursive. No, it had to be in print. Uh, I didn't know cursive then. And I got to the L in Gale, and I went, I'm going to put a line from the, the end of the L in Gale, and I'm going to go all the way down to, to the bottom of the page. And if I can see that, I'll know I'm that's ugly, and I'll know that I can see. And if I can't see it, then I can still visualize it as nice and beautiful, and, and then I'll know I'm blind. And I drew the Gale. And I drew the line, and I couldn't see it. And then I knew for sure that was my confirmation right. for me that okay, pretty, you are blind. Was,
1: it must have been paralyzingly fearful for you. No? Yeah,
2: it was sad, you know. And I and I had no one to talk to about it, you know, and no no resources, and no no I'm sorry or nothing like none of that was ever in my family. Three years ago, three years ago, three years later, when I had one of those little teenage kind of ups, I. That you don't even know why I'm blind and you never took me to see, how come? And all that. Mm. And they took me to the eye doctor and went, Blame oh, she has cataracts. Me. But, you know, they took them three and they said, well, because you waited so long because you were in denial. They didn't mm. say that. But yeah. there's nothing that could, could be, be done.
1: Like
2: yeah. 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 Wow. And then they just were said. You
0: anticipating, were you anticipating going completely blind? Had the doctors said
2: no, that. No. No. In the
0: future, that's something that may happen?
2: No. I had no idea. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Listen, you we're going to take a break. Prepared. No, we're take a break. Well, and
2: we and didn't talk about it either.
1: Yeah. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, if you had any suicidal thoughts or anything like that, uh, depression. You know, the grief process. So okay. we'll be right back. Don't go away. Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled "It's My Life Too: Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver." It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through, because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first, before you help your child with their mask, They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's My Life Too. Thrive and Stay Alive as a Caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life, and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver. On sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back with Panta Vahidi and my guest Gail Hamilton, and we're talking about being blind. And let's let's talk about the grief process. You know, they say anytime we suffer loss, we go through a process of grief. You know, the the denial, we've <laughs> spoken about that, and then the bargaining, and the anger, and the depression, and the acceptance, and I I'm curious because I'm sure that you're uh, when you eventually got to depression when you tried everything else that you might have had some suicidal uh, thoughts or maybe you actually tried to take your life. What speak about those dark times?
2: Yeah, you know when I was a teenager, you know I think I've been depressed my entire life. Wow. Um, I was I was abused as a kid mentally and physically, sexually. Hmm. Um, I didn't. I don't know if I knew it then, but I, I, but I was. In high school, I was definitely depressed. Um, and, blind, I, you know, blindness always, I always say it takes every aspect of my life except sleeping, you know. <laughs> but right. but it, it affects everything. And uh, I was always behind in school. I, I never was caught up with my classmates. Uh, we didn't have computers. We didn't have easy ways of transcribing stuff. And it was all done by hand. So it was hard and I was always felt different than I always felt left out. I always was behind. So that was high school. That was grade school. Um, college wasn't so bad. Masters wasn't so bad as far as all that goes. There's some discriminations along those, those years too, which, you know, we could go into, but there, and because of blindness, um, and which were definitely devastating and not life changing, but my real suicide and all that happened—not uh, suicide, but ideation—happened when I got a master's in psychology, and that, and then I started therapy, and then I started learning about my abuse, and then I, so that's going on, and then I was in a relationship that wasn't working, but I thought, oh, I'm married, I gotta, gotta be in that forever. Little did I know that. You know, if it's not feeling good, get out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it wasn't feeling good. And I was suicidal probably four, five, six times in a 10-year period. And if it weren't for the therapist, you know, I might have done it. Because I did have thoughts of doing it. I had the plan. Um, And I can remember several times calling her, and she would say, Okay, I'll see. Promise me you won't do it, and I'll see you on Monday, and all that, you know, and and just starting it out on pillows and being angry and just getting that pain and anger out. So it was hard. And it wasn't really the blindness, it was just life. But the blindness was in there, too, because part of the relationship stuff was that the other person felt like they had to take care of me, you know, and do my laundry and do this and that. And rightly so, that, I mean, it wasn't, they didn't have to do that. But we got so enmeshed that that was the dynamic, that they had to take care of me, and I had to, and I wanted to be taken care of, which is totally two wrong ways to be in a relationship.
1: Sure. Please tell me that the abuse did not happen while you were under the protection of your parents' uh,
2: household. Yeah. Yeah. Parents and brother. Wow. Yeah.
1: Did anyone pay for their crimes? Or-
2: no. By the time I figured it out, I, um, I was in therapy, and believe me, I hit a lot of pillows and kicked and screamed. It took years, even with doing uh, what they call EMDR and uh, Gestalt therapy. It, it took mm-hmm. it took probably ten years to get that all out of my body and psyche. And it wasn't visual memories I had; I had body memories. So which society says isn't the same as a visual memory, but it's it probably is deeper in a way because it was my body that remembered the, the incidents longer. that happened. Yeah, so it, it, it we had to get it out of my body. And won't you ask? Um, oh, so then I tried to decide should I tell my dad or should I not? And I kind of decided that was it going to make a better relationship or was it going to cause a rift in it? And he was already 80, 85, 90. And I said, you know, it's not going to improve his quality of life. And it's really about me forgiving versus him knowing or confessing. So I decided to let it go for him and to um, just do it for my end.
1: So they are uh, not alive. Uh, they passed on.
2: Yeah, they both have passed on. Yeah.
1: And they never acknowledged or apologized or. No,
2: felt no. They
1: always thought I was out of my
2: mind for everything.
1: You know, they all, My sister, yeah.
2: my family no had. Wonder
1: they, they were in denial about everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: Everything. <clears throat> and your b- twin brother, amazing. He's probably
2: the most. I don't know if he's the most denial, but he's the one that, you know, my. My older brother and my younger sister, I could pretty well count on them if I need financial help or or something. They don't live here, but um, that I could get that from them, I I lied. My older brother lives here. Um, Mm -hmm. But my twin brother, who lives in Florida, nothing. He will hardly ever give me anything financially or join us in phone calls or any of that. So. I don't know.
1: You shared a room with him. Wow. I
2: know. I know. I think he feels slighted. I think my siblings feel. I mean, I can't speak for them, but I think they feel slighted that I. They think I got all the attention. Oh, he was and, spoiled. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> spoiled. You know. Yeah, they're the one who got a car from graduation, and I got a braille writer. Oh, well, let's see now. Yeah,
1: let them uh, wear your moccasins for twenty-four hours. Yeah, absolutely,
2: see. absolutely. So, but Gail, think- uh, just to. A- Just
0: to put a new perspective on it, sometimes people, and I don't know your siblings, but just Mm -hmm. in general, sometimes people, when they feel incapable of helping and they feel powerless Mm -hmm. um, being around someone and not being able to take their problems and pain away, um, they back off. Because being in your presence makes them feel inadequate. So should... they, they'd they rather avoid that pain And sometimes it's that Again, I don't know your family dynamics And my heart goes out to you And everything you've endured And more so I My hat goes off to you for turning it around But I just want to throw in that You know, perspective of Dave and I have talked about How perspective is everything mm-hmm. That sometimes yeah. when people are not Being compassionate and not doing what we think they should be doing or what we expect them to do. It's not because they don't care about you. It's not because they don't, um, you know, have empathy. It's because seeing you and thinking, you know, this wasn't fair to you, what happened, and all that pain that surfaces, they just can't handle that. So Mm -hmm. they choose Mm -hmm. to kind of back off. So that they don't have to deal with those icky feelings right. of not being able to help. And that may be the case for your twin brother. And there may also be guilt of him feeling like, we're twins. We had the same circumstances. I ended up with eyesight and you know, my sister didn't. And there may be this guilt and self-blame going Mm. on in his head. No one knows. So,
2: you know, it's
0: hard to sit here and um, think about people's feelings when we don't really know their internal dialogues. But what matters at the end of the day is that persevered and got through all that and came out of it a better person. Mm -hmm. The way you describe your therapist, I'm sure her expertise and knowledge of psychology truly helped you. But just the, the phone call you described about her saying, you know, promise me this until I talk to you on Monday. I, I just got the feeling, and I want you to tell me if this is right or not, that it was above and beyond her just being a therapy. It was because you saw that someone cares about you. Right,
2: right, and right.
0: And that, that created a commitment for you to, you know, if I don't want to live for myself... I'm committed to this person. There's someone out there that, right. you know, her heart beats for me and cares about right. me. Absolutely. But I have this commitment towards her to not kill myself. Is that not part of it?
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's, yeah, and she, and she did. And we're still, we connect here and there now. Um, but, yeah, and, yeah, you have to make that. Promise as the client to somebody else to to live, give them hope, you know, and, and she did. She gave me hope, and and she knew I'd make it through it, even though I couldn't see my way, you know, even to, to that night, much less, less you know the the next morning, you know. But um, but and, and she's right. I lived through it, you know. And I, thank goodness I don't live through that anymore. Ugh. It was it was hard. Those ten years were really hard. Yeah. You
1: know, um- Uh, You've gone public with this, obviously. How has this affected the relationship with the brother who molested you? I mean, what's his reaction, and uh, how did he respond, and has he ever acknowledged or, you know? Mm. But you did a very important thing. You know, forgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. You had to do this for yourself. Mm -hmm. Whether they acknowledged or said, screw you, or whatever their response is, we do it for ourselves. Right, absolutely. Well, my sister
2: read the book, and I, I don't know if she read it all the way through. I mean, I asked her to read it all the way through, but rather she did, I don't know. Um, so she immediately told my brothers to not read the book. She goes, oh, she slammed the family. She's just said all this stuff. It's all lies. Wow. Don't believe her, da, 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 da. So and they, they haven't. Um. My older brother, every once in a while, will say things like, uh, "Well, I I built a Habitat for Humanity house, uh, and then I had to sell it, but I I lived in there for ten years." And why we were building these uh, walk. Rock wall garden things, which all this bricks and mortar. It was like ninety five degrees. It was a hundred, I think. And we had a microburst, and it was hot. And we're out there with bricks and mortar, and you know all this building these walls. And he kept saying over and over, "I don't know what I've ever done to you, but whatever I've done, I'm forgiven." <laughs> so I think in the back of his head, he has a little inkling that something might have he might have done something. But he hasn't ever mentioned it consciously, and I don't either. So, um, well, I mean, yeah. they lived
1: under the same household. Yeah. If your yeah. parents were that abusive. Surely they were recipients of abuse as well, no? One would think, because it usually
2: goes in families. Yeah. And I've always wondered if my sister was, but I, you know, it, in
1: denial. Maybe. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But I'm the only one that did therapy. I'm the only one that did that has one. feelings of <laughs> smart yeah well i am the only one that has two masters so there you go and <laughs> i'm the, and i'm the only one that i am I'm, I'm pretty good about staying expressing my feelings and they they all hide all that so um whatever Another that's worth the
1: reason to be jealous of you
2: that's right that's right yeah
1: cuz i'm pretty they real
2: yeah, because I didn't, they all make lots of money They all, um, image is important What you wear is important The brand of clothes, all that stuff And I, you know, I want to look nice But I'm not, I don't I don't have any Gucci anything or whatever <laughs>
0: so uh, Can who, I ask who, you, Gail, who's yeah, your ahead. caregiver?
1: Me <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. she doesn't have one <laughs> I don't
2: have one Nope, I have, I have a person comes in and Cleans my house every other week, just from the the county. Um, Send them over
1: to my house. <laughs> yeah, there you
2: go, there you go. But that's it, you know. And that's just to make sure what I do is, you know, I don't have a spaghetti sauce on the ceiling or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, who are your champions? But you manage do
0: you your own shopping. For?
2: Not normally I do, but right now I have it brought in because I'm in a senior high-rise building. And uh, so we're not allowed to go out. I mean, we can go out, but people can't come in and stuff. So I have um, I have her bring it to my balcony.
1: Because of the virus? Sorry, yeah. Dave.
0: I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave. Oh, that's okay. Go
1: okay. Oh, I'm... You can cut me off anytime you want. I <laughs> uh, was asking about your champions. Who do you look up to? Who, who's well,
2: There's all What's kinds here? of champions. Um, in my, you know, there's people outside like... Hay or Mr. Hicks Or Oprah or um, Somebody like that There's uh, Well, John Lewis, I was just at the National Federation of the Blind National Convention virtually mm. over the weekend And there was 8,200 people All on Zoom, all run by Blind mm. people, phenomenally wow. well No glitches I'll have you know wow. um, yeah. <laughs> None, zero Soch, and he gave Evidently he gave a Ten minutes speech to the blind community, a march on John Washington, and yeah, in two thousand seven. Wow. I wish I'd been there; it'd been phenomenal. But uh, so I think he's a new champion. Uh, so it's like that ten minute speech was great. Uh, in my own life, it was first my grandma, and um, she she believed it. She saw me as a person. She didn't care if I was blind or not, and she loved me and she touched me nice and she was she made good cinnamon rolls and <laughs> she was just
1: does she know she what great. happened to you or?
2: I don't know you know I went back to see her before she died and uh, we had this great 30 minute conversation where she woke up from a coma and I was the only one she woke up to talk to mm. and we had this that was great special. it was and um yeah, I got my whole, like, faith in God from that whole conversation. Um, but she woke up, and and at the end of the conversation, she said, is there anything you want to ask me? Mm-hmm. And I so wish I would have asked her. And I couldn't think of it. I was so caught off guard that I just went, no, I'm good. But I wish I would have asked her that. Like, did you know?
1: I think she knew something. Yeah, that, yeah, but, yeah. But didn't want to, you know. Interfere if you Yeah,
2: yeah. Whatever. She, she she sold me to my mom for a nickel But then my mom came back and got me
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. I would much rather stay with grandma <laughs> Yes
1: uh, um, Hold on I've got two phones So <laughs> <laughs> um, So you've already spoken about Feeling discrimination due to your disability throughout life. Uh, how how have they altered your life, and how have you moved on from that? I mean, did you was it hard for you to get over that, to get over the the hurt? I mean, did all the forgiveness come all at once, or was there slow stages of forgiveness for you?
2: I think probably different ones were slow. And discrimination, you know, it can be overt. Or it can be really, really subtle. And people don't even know they're doing it. Um, some of the overt ones. I was a, a singer for a national contest. Really? And, I, yeah, I was one of seven people. And the repertoire was quite extensive. And um, we had to, all this repertoire, operas and oratorials and recitals and you name it. I had to learn it for this contest. And the judge saw me coming out on the, the hand of my accompanist, and um, I was supposed to sing for 15 minutes. I only did 10, and I, I and she wrote, and I, I left the stage in tears and because uh, she only asked me to sing the most easy stuff. It wasn't anything that was complicated or anything. And so um, my accompanist went up to get the critique sheet later that day, and it re- said on the top, how do you expect to have a career in singing when you're blind? I mean that's just hurtful, and I didn't know back then about what year fighting. What was that? 1979.
1: Too bad she, they're not alive today to see uh, some of the. <laughs> yeah, groups.
2: yeah. I, 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 had no idea that I could fight, you know, or you know, appeal or do any of that. It said in the rules, you know, that the judge's decision was final, so I didn't think I could say anything, so I didn't. Just and and I think kids that are abused do that. We don't. Fight because we don't know we can fight Or we think we're going to get hurt worse We don't do anything You don't think
0: it's an option Yeah
2: Yeah. no because you know Who knows what's going to happen next You know so um, In my case you know it's like And it usually was proven over and over again To be true so I didn't fight Um, I went to Santa Fe like in 1990 And I had like Five discriminations with my CI dog there. I wasn't allowed in the grocery store, um, in a quilting store, and a bakery. My friend said, Are you going to let them tell you you have to leave? And we went back in and we sat down and had breakfast, where before we were just going to have donuts. So um, that's hard. You know, it's like, Really? And then I think the, you know, yeah, they all take time, you know, because. You know, it, it's, and I know it's their blindness, not mine, but still, it's it's kind of hard not to take it personally in, in a way. The last one was with my last seeing eye dog, which um, Sarge, and I had him for six months. And a woman let her dog, uh, they walked out in the middle of two major busy streets here in Denver, and she let her dog on a big long flexa lead attack my dog in the middle of the street. You know, so... Oh. Yeah, it was horrible. And and people say, Well, you know what happened? Well, no, I'm blind. I'm just yeah. on the other end of the leash. I don't know, but I know that he'll never you know, he's not my C and I dog anymore. He had to be retired. I know he's a police dog. I know that her replications caused, you know, him to be re, uh, to, to retire and me not to have a dog for fourteen months. You know, and it's right. so now I feel my duty to educate people and you know you got to social distance from blind people <laughs> all the time you know don't you can't pet you can't look you can't touch the dog it, every time you do it it's a uh, well a it's a class 3 misdemeanor but it's not only a distraction it, it is a distraction which is a class 3 misdemeanor but it's also um, it takes away the the training every every infraction that happens it, it it and the training is a matter of my safety and success So if you Pull your finger at the dog And say hey You know Come here You know Then he learns that Hey maybe I'll come over there Because it's more fun And I don't have to say I don't have to do what she says You know So You know It's it's really important To people get That it's not to be messed with The team
1: well, I'm sorry about your singing career, but, you know, it's not too late to go on uh, America's Got Talent. I've I did people.
2: that once.
1: Did you? I did what that once. What yeah,
2: three, I got up at 3.30 in the morning for it. Yeah, I show up in my auto harp, and I probably should I don't know what else, but anyway, I show up, and I sang somewhere with a rainbow, and they said, we'll call you. Not. <laughs> so I don't know why I didn't get it. I probably should have worn blue jeans. <laughs> Instead so of dressing is it, nice, is
1: that just the audition that you weren't in yeah. front of the audience and stuff?
2: Yeah, no, it's just the audition. Yep.
1: Well, you know, but they Gail, I feel like for but stars. people are
2: usually blown away by it. I mean, I sung for the. I'm sorry, I sung uh, ness and Dorma for the national Missing Your America pageant uh, in 2013, where I was queen for of Colorado, and then I was fourth in the country and blew them away with with you know at 67, I still can sing opera and and all that so
1: yeah hold on we're (laughs) taking a break (laughs) we are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey we are a place to connect with other caregivers but more importantly a place to get practical actionable help there are lots of ways for you to get support first of all you can download our welcome pack this will get you started on your thrive journey Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group you can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver and get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with Gail Hamilton and my guest host, Hantaha Wahidi. <laughs> and uh, you need to start all over because we didn't hear any of that. Uh, you were cutting out too much. Go ahead.
0: Uh, we were talking about Gail explaining to us that we shouldn't pet service dogs because it distracts the dog. And that was something I just learned. And what I was saying was that some people don't, lack of knowledge and education could get us into trouble, we may not have known that. Chances are the, the majority of people don't know that. And, and I was telling you guys about a story that one of my dear patient's daughter had lost her life as a nurse to suicide, mm-hmm. and she and I were thinking of collaborating to start programs program to really during COVID to prevent suicide. And while we were speaking, I said, like, you know, nurses that commit suicide. And Mm -hmm. she corrected me, and she knows where my heart is, so she didn't get offended. But she said, Punta, please, going forward, never say committed suicide, because the verb commit almost implies that it was a crime. We're used Mm to coupling the word commit with crime and Mm. suicide is not a crime and it's not a choice it's an illness and so please say died by suicide or oh, okay. of suicide and i corrected myself since then and if you noticed i mm. didn't that but it was just a lack of knowledge and a, a lack of perspective on my side and i felt horrible but again because we have a report and she knows mm that I meant nothing bad,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: she wasn't upset, and she just educated me on it. So, you know, Gail, when you talk about all these things, about people being mindful of not turning off the lights or not petting the service dog um, Mm. or not, you know, speaking loud or all these do's and don'ts, I truly feel like we could all use education, and Mm. if any time we don't follow any of those protocols, it doesn't mean that we're negligent and mindless or we don't care about people such as you because we truly really do. It just comes from lack of education. So, yeah. you know, it, it would be amazing. And I know you're one of the advocates that's trying to educate people. And Absolutely. That's wonderful. But yeah, we need the word out more often.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Then, and, and that's, I could have, I mean, I cried over Sarge. I mean, I, I did, because it was like, I mean, I don't know what it's like to lose a child or anything, but it's it was devastating to have it happen. And, you know, in two seconds, you know, that, that my life has changed and the safety was broken and the bond and all that. And he had to go, he's a police dog now, and I'm sure he's happy. But once, but pretty much immediately, I wrote a letter. Um, and I have a picture of you know of Sarge on it. And, and I do say, please don't talk you know to the dog, don't do this, don't do that because it has ramifications. You know And I tell my the story what happened and, and all that. So I feel like my purpose on that front is to educate people on just control your dog. from the moment you step outside your front door, have it on a leash. And, and keep it away from us. So we don't. We don't need to be in around. And yeah, don't pet my dog. It's. It's. I, and a lot of times, especially Colorado, I think I've heard it's the second most dog friendly state in the country. Um, so everybody comes up and says, "Oh, but I love dogs." Well, How about I'm, putting you know, a shirt
0: on them that says. Don't pet me, I'm a yeah, service dog don't,
2: Yeah, they don't pay attention to it I am I might do it again, but people don't pay attention They still. I've caught people in the act Petting the dog And I go, I'm not petting And I pick up the hand and go, really? What is this I feel on this dog's neck? You know?
1: um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a little confused um, If he was well enough to become a police dog Why couldn't he just be re, re uh, in Re- what's the word? Be
2: trained for a senior dog.
1: Yeah. Be- well, did he need training? I mean, did it ruin no. him? What 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 was the logic behind that? The
2: trust was broken. Um, between who? Between well, me and him, and between his focus was distracted by the other dog. Um, now, in his defense, what's he supposed to do if there's another dog right. an inch away from his face? You know. Um, but it, so he, he was
1: it, actively defending himself. Which
2: he was. They were going around and around and around, and, the, and uh, barking and growling. And I don't know what was going on down there, but they were they, they were having a major that
1: it could happen again. Stuff yeah, like that.
2: yeah, and and fortunately the cars had stopped, but who knows? Next time, maybe that you know he'd see yeah. a dog on the other side of the street, or maybe the dog. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I could have gotten hurt. So,
1: and so, as much as you missed him and felt sad about it, you couldn't oh, yeah. trust him.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, The trust was broken.
1: My safety, you um, know. I, I want to talk about what's going on in the world today. You know, everyone is a victim these days. You can't say anything without offending people. There are people groups who are saying, you know, you need to uh, have reparations for what your ancestors did, and all of this. Uh, it, to me, it seems like it's all about unforgiveness and becoming. A victim, and uh, you know certain politicians are just throwing gasoline on this victim because it's, you know, mm-hmm. gasoline will spread a fire, and and the thing that's true, you, know, you can make victim uh, uh, spread by saying the wrong things. Yet you overcame your victimhood. Tell anyone who's listening who believes that they are a victim for whatever reason why it's it's not good to have that perspective. To use uh, p- Pantaha panda <laughs> uh vocabulary.
2: Yeah. So many things. You can't, for one, you can't put what we know today in our consciousness on the past. You know, we can't say if they did or didn't know any better. I mean, maybe there's history and there's probably things written and we can say, well, they knew better. And yet. History is history, and that's the way that is. I can't change my past with my dad. I can't say today, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Well, he shouldn't. I can't say it was right what he did, but...
1: You want to go he, to the graveyard he, and exhume his grave and, right, and because
2: of that. But right, and, and he he did, you know, whatever in his past made him do what he did he, I don't know if he knew better or didn't know better. He probably knew in some level it wasn't right. How can you do that to a two- to six-year-old? I don't know. But that's between him and his God, you know. And you can't put, I can't put my today's morals on me. Should I, Maybe some people say, well, you should have fought. Why dare any six-year-old to fight? You know, you can't do that. So you can't go back and change History. You can't put today's values on you know, nineteen sixty seven or nineteen or eighteen ninety two or you know on anything. You can't do that. Victims you know, if you find how do you, how when I was a victim, I didn't know I was a victim because you think it's normal. And so so how do you know you're a victim? Well, one I was unhappy. That was a pretty good clue that you're a victim. Yeah. Um, if, if you're crying all day long, there you go. Something's wrong. If you're out of alignment, you know, that you, that's what you're doing. You're being a victim. So um, you're unhappy when you blame everybody else for your problems. Oh, it's the government. It's my disability. It's my father. It's whatever it is. Blaming the it. Um, that's that's one way you know you're a victim If you're living in fear all the time Oh, I'm going to die of the virus Well you might But you might die walking across the street Are you going to spend your time worrying about What's going to happen tomorrow Or are you going to live today um, The fear, negativity Oh life sucks um, You know negative stuff um, Life's hard This It's a horrible day It's going to rain I don't know Just all kinds of blamey Negative thoughts, Um, anger, blame, hate. Um, It's okay to go through the feelings, but it's not okay to be stuck there. And so being a victim, you'll, you'll always... You don't... So the opposite of victim is creator. So creator... Oh, victim, you're going to be closed off. You're going to not be around other people. Or you're going to hang around people of the same victim mentality. So creators we like to be open. We want to expand. We want to grow. We want to have positive thoughts, not negative. Um, bring Do anything that brings you joy, that brings you expansion, that, um, let's see, positive, that you have to take responsibility for your actions. So, yeah. you know, if I find something not going on right in the world, what can I do to fix it? Now, I couldn't fix my dad, but I could fix what was going on inside me. I can fix that. Um, I can't fix the coronavirus, but I can go on podcasts and I can write blogs and I may uh, and I can play piano, so I can do other things that make bring me joy. So it's it's a whole matter about your mindset and 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 that. Well, Is that making that sense? Makes, I don't know. Gone,
1: we've gone over on our time, and but I thought this Uh-oh. was an important thing to talk about. And, yeah, uh,
2: I have one more thing I want to say. If that's right, okay, okay. So the, I, I thought if I had one thing to say is if you're if you're a caregiver and you're working with somebody who is blind, newly blind, and you don't know what to do, well, a one just ask. Um, they'll tell you. But b don't coddle. You know, you want to nurture, guide, and empower them, and you want to have high expectations. You want you expect out of us the same thing you would expect out of somebody that has 2020 vision.
1: Good advice. Wow. Good advice. Thank uh, you for sharing How do we get a hold that. of you? Buy your book. Uh, website contact information.
2: Yeah, so my website is soaringintogreatness.com My book's the same title, Soaring Into Greatness And uh, yeah, I have blogs, and I have pearls of wisdom And Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook, and and you can get it If you're blind, you can get Mm. my book from the Library for Congress And if you're a person who sees, I guess uh, You can get it from Mm. Amazon and all that So yeah, I'm out there
1: Pentaha. Uh, I know both of us are offering free coaching for the month of July. How do we get a hold of you? Take advantage of that.
0: Just on my website, pantaavidy.com, you're,
1: you're gonna spell it right.
0: Caregiver out there who,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's the first name is like L L B and the title P A N T E A and uh, V like Victor A H I D I, and I'm at caregiverdave.com.
0: Fabulous. You're fabulous. Oh. You're so inspiring, Gail. It's oh, so, such a pleasure to meet you and get to hear wow. you talk.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, you're yeah. a modern-day Helen Keller. I mean, maybe you didn't Dun, have da, da, da. everything that happened to her, but you've certainly got a lot on your plate.
2: Yeah, I've come through a lot. People read my book and go, oh, my God, you're such a victim through your book. And I go, yeah, but it has a good ending. <laughs> when
1: <laughs> did the book ending. come out?
2: Uh, like no, like six years ago.
1: Okay, and it's still being read. It's still great being read. Book. I hope so. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Soaring into greatness. <laughs> well, Why thank not? You
1: again. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for. I will for... send you the links when I get them done, either tonight or tomorrow. Oh, perfect. That'd be great. Thank you. Appreciate uh-huh. that. Thank you. Thank. Thank you so Good much. Good seeing you it's so much fun same. doing a show with a co-host than all by myself.
2: Yeah, that is nice. It's nice you yeah. here. Associate. Pres- Associate. That's right. And yeah. it's uh. My it was nice hearing your perspective. I appreciated that. Of She's course. very big on you.
1: perspective and on compassion. So yeah,
2: I think it's, both are important.
1: That's her middle names.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we should do marriage.
1: that.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah I, have a, I
0: have. I'm. A... Go ahead. Being a caregiver, suffering from an illness, and the caregiver and everybody else in the world needs compassion and to be compassionate towards them you need to have a fresh perspective and know that yeah. everyone's suffering in their own lives and you know those who mistreat others such as your father um, are just projecting the inner Absolutely. conflict and the pain that they have mm. within them.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I he didn't get over the as war suffering. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway no, thank totally, talking to you Gail Totally thank agree. you Dave for having me
1: and we appreciate you listening sorry we went over we'll talk to you all later thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week bye bye thank you
0: Dave, thank you Gail
1: thank you
2: sometimes
0: it feels like the sun will never
1: rise like the birds will never see Again oh.
0: Keep